0: So what we do in this first evening is um, there will be a uh, little dharmet. So I'm going to tell you what the agenda is, a little short dharma talk about, about metta, what we're doing here, what the practice is. So a short dharma talk. And um, and We'll, take, we'll enter the retreat space, the formal retreat space, by taking the refuges and the precepts. And I'll explain that in a moment. But that's the formal way that we open up the retreat. It's So taking the refuges and the precepts. And then we'll end this evening with a uh, guided meditation, metta meditation, to start us off. But before we begin, I want to ask you if you have any questions about IRC, about anything you've had now, what, a couple of hours, a little more than a couple of hours to hang out to, to perhaps for questions to bubble up that didn't get the chance to bubble up during the uh, informal opening circle, so. Making space for any questions about... Yes, Kevin. Will there be a discussion about um posture you know, tomorrow? Yes. Tomorrow at... Let's see. So tomorrow, there is a first... There is the uh, sit with instructions at 8.30. At the 10.15 sit, Diana will offer a posture um, instruction clinic and specially tuned for metta. So that's why I'm not saying a whole lot about posture tonight. Diana will enlighten you about postures and how to sit comfortably. Thanks for that question. And since I'm talking about that already, I think that's enough. I'll just say that. Yeah. Thanks for the question. Any other questions about being at IRC? So. so, metta, a few words about metta, here we are, we have gathered on this retreat to, to practice metta together, <clears throat> or we didn't know what we signed up for, as it turns out for some <laughs> of you, oh, it's a metta retreat, yay, even better, <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome to, to your retreat, So, so in the talks, of course, this week and in the guided, in the instructions in the morning, we'll say more, so it will unfold, it will unfold, not everything, so, so be patient with the unfolding, but just to say a few words about the practice of loving kindness, loving kindness, so, so what is it, why do we do it, just a bit of um context so the practice of metta m e t t a often translated as loving kindness which is this clunky long word or just kindness or cultivating goodwill friendliness warm-heartedness love these different nuances of the word can light up at different times for you. And sometimes it can just be a sense of care, care, friendliness. Again, there are lots of different nuances. There are gradation. So if the word, say, loving kindness doesn't work for you, it's okay. Maybe warm heartedness does or maybe friendliness does. So so it's, it's a cultivation practice. Cultivation practice. And what I mean by cultivation is that it's something that we incline our minds again and again and again towards this cultivation. The Buddha has said in the Dhammapada, whatever you frequently ponder and reflect upon, that becomes the inclination of your mind. Whatever you frequently ponder and reflect upon, that becomes the inclination of your mind. That's profound. That should delight us and also send shivers down our spine. Right? Whatever we frequently ponder and reflect upon, that becomes the inclination of our mind. It's powerful. We have the power by what we frequently reflect upon. So we frequently reflect upon, "Oh, poor me! Woe is me!" or "Or this is terrible," or "Life is terrible," or "I hate this situation," or "I hate these people." Like that's be, that's going to become the inclination of our mind. That's who we become. What we think is what we become. And if we incline our minds towards friendliness, kindness, towards ourselves, this being who is me, who's been born as me, I'm entrusted in their care, and towards others, other human beings who are doing their best just as I'm doing my best and making mistakes, learning. If I reflect, if I turn my mind repeatedly towards kindness, goodwill, forgiveness, generosity, all these beautiful qualities of the heart and mind that are related to metta, all these different flavors of metta, that's who I become, that becomes the inclination of my mind, so that my response my my reaction my my natural reaction to what arises in the world would be one of kindness one of goodwill not hatred not irritation not etc etc it would be it be a more measured would be a more measured inclination of the mind and this beautiful, empowering quote, empowering teaching by the Buddha, is also what we know nowadays from neuroscience, from neuroplasticity, the neurons that fire together, wire together, that's what, those are the grooves, or quote-unquote grooves, they're not literal grooves, but figurative grooves in our in our mind, in our patterns, in the way we show up in the world. So metta is a cultivation practice. We cultivate, we turn our minds, we turn our minds again and again towards kindness, towards friendliness. And of course there are techniques, there are ways we do this and everything you need to know will be shared with you on this retreat. You don't need to have read books or practice before coming on retreat. If you have, great. This will be a deepening, a continuation for you. Other things will open up, but absolutely not needed, not necessary. It's a self-contained retreat. So. So, why? So, so, um... One more word about this being a uh, cultivation practice. I want to unpack this word a little more because as you will notice, for those of you who've been mainly practicing vipassana or insight practice, where we pay attention, where we notice phenomena arising and passing away, we pay attention to phenomena as it is in a particular way. And then the quote-unquote in a particular way is through the lens of the three characteristics, and there is more there, but just, just for simplicity. In inside practice, we pay attention to phenomena as it arises and passes away. Breath, thoughts, emotions, sensations, right? In metta, we are turning our minds, we are cultivating our minds towards kindness. We use, we may use phrases, we may use um, feelings of goodwill, encouraging them. We just keep turning towards goodwill because what again, whatever we turn our mind towards, there will be more of it. That becomes the inclination of our mind. So, it, that's that's what we mean by a cultivation practice. It's not just you hang out and let metta show up. Okay, well, it hasn't shown up yet today. Like, okay, it's a cultivation practice. And there will come a time that, yes, metta will become the inclination of your mind. Something happens, say, let's say... Um, You make a mistake, right? You say, yeah, you make a mistake. And, And maybe in the past, the inclination of your mind would have been to berate yourself. I'm such an idiot. I'm no good. I make mistakes all the time. Become angry at yourself, fuming for hours. When metta becomes the inclination of your mind, becomes, oh, sweetheart, ouch, that was painful. But it's okay. I still love you. But... That was a mistake. Let's not do that again. Ah, right? You see the difference? When the inclination of our mind is one of kindness towards ourselves and also towards others. We don't berate them. And this is just one example. There's so many ways that when metta becomes the inclination of our mind, it just naturally comes up. Naturally, that becomes our reflexive response to ourselves, to others. It's as if we have put salve, you know, with, with metta, which is, re- which is related to compassion, we'll talk more about that. It's as if we're putting salve on our wounds instead of pouring more salt on our wounds, which could be the, the pattern of many of our minds berating ourselves with self-judgment. Another thing to say about many, there are many, many, many whys we do this practice, I'll just say one more, and that is um, the practice of metta, loving kindness, supports deeply, not only in its own right, it's deeply healing and nourishing for ourselves and for others, also a support to deepening our insight practice. Doing insight practice without the support of metta is like riding a bicycle without any air in the tires. It's a pretty rough ride. I first heard Joseph Goldstein, describe it this way. Doing inside practice, vipassana, without metta, it's like riding a bicycle without air in the tires. It's a pretty rough ride. So here we are with the intention to put air in our tires. Put air in your tires for your own sake, for the sake of others, for the sake of all beings. We don't do this practice just for our own sake. We do this practice with what's called the Bodhicitta vow. We do it for the benefit of all beings everywhere. May my heart, may my heart grow in goodwill, in kindness towards myself, towards all others, in service, in service to all beings. Beings I know, people I love, I care about, people I don't know. Many, many, many degrees of separation out. So this practice, so we take, I invite you to take this on, take this practice on with the bodhicitta aspiration Yes, it's going to support you, it's going to support your heart, your being, your liberation, your ease, your freedom. But it's so much more than that. So much more. You're doing this practice for people you care about, for the people you don't even know, you haven't even met. You're doing it for their sake. You're impacting their lives. There's this study years ago from the, I think it's the Harvard Longitudinal Study. I'm trying to remember. Is it Princeton? I can't remember one or the other anyway. It's a longitudinal study with lots of people participating. And um, in that study, they found that when one person's level of happiness increased, three circles out, not just their immediate circle of people they knew, but three circles out, their happiness got impacted. Isn't that pretty wild? Three circles out, and I think that's as far as they could measure. If they had measured all beings, that's what we say in, in Buddhism, right? All beings. There is our actions, the way our inner actions, outer actions, the way our minds are shifted and changed, the inclinations of our minds towards friendliness, goodwill, kindness, benevolence, just all these beautiful qualities of the heart, they impact so many people above and beyond this being who is me. So, a lot more to say here, but we have days together, so this is just motivating why we're here. And you may have your own why, In fact, let us close our eyes for a moment. Let us close our eyes. If you're sitting in a chair, let the bottom of your feet be on the earth, be on the floor. Letting there be a few breaths, connecting with a few breaths. Settling the body, calming the body, receiving the breath, settling into silence. Feeling the breath, receiving the breath in the belly. And dropping this question into your body, not into your head. It's not to think about the answer, but drop it in the body. And listen, listen to whatever answers might come up. Maybe something will come up, maybe nothing will come up, it's okay. Drop the question into the body, let it reverberate. What's my intention? for being here, what's my highest intention for this practice and just listen bowing to whatever came up or maybe nothing, letting it go, and now dropping the question in, one more time, not into your head, but as if you're dropping a pebble in a pond, drop it into the body and listen, listen to the sounds, to the answers that might come up. Why am I here? What brings me here? Let yourself be surprised. to whatever came up or nothing, letting this one go too, and for the third and last time, dropping in the question into the body, why am I here? What's my highest aspiration for being here? Aspiration, not expectation, aspiration. In my heart of hearts, let yourself be surprised. Maybe something, maybe nothing. It's okay. And bowing in your heart to that, to whatever came up, that aspiration. And opening your eyes, coming back to the room. And appreciating, connecting with your intention, your intention for being here. Because it's your intention that keeps you connected to the path, to this practice cultivation practice especially when challenges arise and challenges can arise and it's okay metta can tenderize the heart and some of the things we've been pushing away some of the difficulties pains, challenges that we've put aside they can come up and it's okay it's alright we turn towards them with kindness towards ourselves with kindness so remember your intention why you're here so I'd like to switch to the formal opening of the retreat the refuges taking the refuges and the precepts so So we uh, consider as i mentioned taking the refuges and precepts as the formal opening of the retreat entering into the sacred space of the retreat. So what is what is taking the refuges? I'll get to the precepts in a moment. What is taking the refuges? And what are we taking a refuge from? So we in this in this ritual we are taking refuge from the three poisons, quote unquote poisons greed, hatred, and delusion or confusion. Basically confusion being in our hearts not having wisdom, not knowing any better, right? So we're taking refuge from greed, hatred, and confusion to what's called the triple jewels. The Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. Let me unpack that. So we're taking refuge in Not just Buddha as a human being, this human being who woke up thousands of years ago and pretty awesome, right? Pretty awesome that he was a human being just like me. He woke up and I can wake up. That's pretty cool. But it's more taking refuge in the possibility that, yeah, it's possible for me, this being who is me, this being... To awaken, to live with more freedom, with more ease, with more wisdom, with more love in the world. There is a possibility for me. It's not just reserved for special people. Yes, this is possible. I take refuge in the possibility of living with wisdom and kindness and waking up in this way. Taking refuge in the Dharma, not only, I'm sorry, in, yes, the Dharma is the second one, of course. But I'm tired. In the Dharma, Buddha, Dharma, Sangha. i was so excited to get to Sangha, but because I see all of you, but I'll wait to get to the Sangha in a moment. The Dharma, so taking refuge in the Dharma. Dharma with the capital D are the teachings of the Buddha, are these beautiful teachings, these liberating teachings that have been passed down for thousands of years, taking refuge in these liberating teachings that, that so many people past, present, have practiced in. And then Dharma with small d gets translated as the way things are, the natural law, Of the universe these natural laws that for example if you plant if you do a kind deed you're planting a kind seed of kindness with others it's like if you slap someone they'll be angry they might slap you back right that's the natural law right of being human so it's the natural law of cause and effect in all its form, in physics, of course, there's for any action, there's a reaction. But in also in the karmic law, for every action, there's a reaction. When you're kind, when 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 you plant seeds, wholesome seeds of actions of not just the physical actions, but actions of the mind, they result in wholesome outcome. It might take time in different shapes and forms, but basically taking refuge in the lawful nature of this universe, that there are laws, physical laws, psychological laws, laws of karma, that things are working according to laws. We may not understand them with our limited perception as human beings, but taking refuge that, yeah, this is a benevolent universe. Taking refuge in that. And that's something beautiful to take refuge in. To, to, to have trust in. Yeah, this is a benevolent universe. Things unfold in, in 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 a lawful way. And taking refuge in the Sangha, and I couldn't wait to get to, is not just taking refuge and acknowledging that there have been generations and generations of practitioners through the centuries who've practiced in this way in this way and many different ways, many different dominions and they have been they have um, cultivated kindness and generosity and wisdom and so can we and also the present sangha we take refuge in the present sangha the one right here as well as our families and friends, everyone who's supporting us, seen and unseen, in the support of so many human beings. And then the Sangha here, if you were just the only person here practicing, it would be very different. You'll see this for yourself, those who've sat practice, sat retreats, you know this. So, taking refuge in the Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. And of course, find your own connection. So... We're going to chant together And let's do it call. Let's do it together. I think enough people probably know the the chant and if it's new for you just kind of hum along hum along like, mm-hmm. add your humming voice and that will bring us more energy bring more energy because I know we're tired. I'm tired as well this first evening. So, but this will bring up some more energy. Okay. Ready? Let's do it. Together. Namo tasa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambudasa Namo tasa Bhagavato Arahato Sama sambhudasa. Namo Tasa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Bodang Saranam gacchami. Dhamam saranam gacchami, sangam saranam gacchami, dutiyampi buddhank saranam gacchami, dutiyampi dhamam saranam gacchami, Dutiampi sangam saranam gachami. Tatiampi budang saranam gachami. Tatiampi dhamam saranam gachami. Tatiampi sangam saranam saranam gachami. Lovely. Oh, that was sweet. So we just took refuge in the Buddha Dharma Sangha, the external expression, the internal expression of it for ourselves. And now turning towards the precepts. So the precepts, the five Buddhist precepts, which we will take now, as a way of entering the retreat together, are ways of offering a vow of non-harming. Non-harming to ourselves, non-harming to others, to other beings. There are all five different ways of offering non-harming. The first precept has to do with not killing. That seems a straightforward one, easy one, and yet we take it to mean respecting life in all forms. So, if there is a little spider in your room, if your habitual pattern has been, you know, something creepy crawly, you don't like it. We respect life. There, there be mugs and cups, and your various ways that you're going to capture. And take it out as as a practice, as a practice to respect life. The life of this little critter is sweet to it. So respecting life, taking a vow not to kill, not to kill while I're in this retreat. And I tell you this for me, this practice alone has has transformed um, the way I relate to to insects. That that, that just completely should even. Anyway, I have so many stories to tell. So we have a little limited time. But anyway, um, not just insects, but all of life, respecting. Not killing. The second one is not taking what's not offered. and That's a higher bar than not stealing, right? Of course, it includes not stealing. So while we're here, we don't steal. But we also, we don't take what's not offered. So if it's not specifically offered to us, we're not going to assume that it's for us to take. And that that includes everything. If somebody, say, book or journal, you know, we, we ask you that you don't journal. But in case, say, you have brought your journal just for taking bullet point notes for, say, practice discussions. If you see someone's journal, you're not going to open and read it. And everybody knows that whatever they leave anywhere, there is nobody's going to take anything that's not offered. We're offering each other, we're giving each other safety, safety of non-harming. We're not stealing anything, not stuff, not information, not people's time, not um, gaze, just letting people be, respecting each other's spaces. The third precept of the five precepts has to do with sexual activity. On retreat, this third precept becomes basically not engaging in any sexual activity. We just don't do that on retreat. Um, and it's a training. Again, of uh, sexual relationships in the world beautiful ways to express that in ethical ways on retreat it becomes abstinence this third um, precept becomes basically we take a vow of abstinence while we on retreat the fourth precept has to do with avoiding or refraining from harsh speech which on harsh and um and untruthful speech, lying basically. On retreat, this fourth precept has to do with talking becomes noble silence. We take a vow of silence. We don't speak. Um, We respect silence. We respect non-communication. We offer each other the gift of silence. We offer it to ourselves, this gift of silence, which also includes not... Tapping someone else, not touching them, not trying to get their gaze. You, you'll, you'll be sending metta to each other. You'll be sending lots of metta to each other's socks. You'll be looking down, right? So this giving each other the space that each person needs, avoiding um, speaking in that way. So noble silence. And the last precept has to do with intoxicants that cloud the mind. Clarity, clarity of mind is so important in Buddhist practice that we take a vow not to take any substances that shift our perception. We don't take alcohol, drugs, no microdosing, nothing on retreat. This is not the place for it. We take a vow to allow our minds to have the patience with simplicity, with care, to incline our natural mind, naturally train our mind to meet the moments with patience, with kindness, with wisdom, without any intoxicants. So that's a vow that we take when we come on retreat, okay? So these are the five precepts. This is the formal entering into the sacred retreat practice. So let's do this call and response. We're going to do it in English. Um, that's So you really exactly know what you're taking a vow for the next five days to engage with and refrain from, okay? All right, so let's begin. For the sake of our practice together, together, I take on the training training. to refrain from from taking life. life. For the sake of our practice together, I take on the training to refrain from taking what has not been offered offered. for the sake of our practice together together. I take on the training training. to refrain from from. sexual activity activity. for the sake of our training together I take on the practice practice. to refrain from from harsh and untruthful speech, speech. which on retreat becomes noble silence. silence. For For the sake of our practice together, I take on the training To refrain from from. Intoxicants. intoxicants. So through taking the refuges and taking the vow of the precepts, you have all entered into sacred space of the retreat. Welcoming ourselves. Welcoming our hearts. Landing with intentionality. Landing with deep intentionality for the next few days. Of how we want to be. For the sake of ourselves and the community. So, now we transition to the guided meditation, and before we transition, this will be about 10-15 minutes, so make yourselves comfortable if you need to, take your time if you need to transition. So arriving in your posture, if you're sitting in a chair, making sure that both of your feet are flat on the earth, no crossing legs, no crossing arms, let there be a sense of integrity, dignity to the way you're sitting, rolling your shoulders back ever so slightly, opening the chest and dropping the hands on your lap you're sitting on a cushion, also opening your chest, letting there be a sense of uprightness in your spine, sitting with dignity, with integrity, as if there is an invisible, invisible string connected to the top of your head, pulling you up vertebrae by vertebrae. Allowing the rest of your body to relax, to soften. Feeling your feet on the earth. You're sitting on a cushion, feeling the underside of your legs on the earth. Your sit bones touching the cushion chair, feeling grounded as if you're a redwood tree, deeply rooted to the earth and sitting tall, feeling how you are connected to the earth, feeling the contact points. Letting sensations of contact with your feet, your legs, your sit bones, be received by your body, these sensations of contact seeping through, as if your body is being moistened Held by the sensations, by knowing the sensations of feeling grounded, rooted, you are grounded and rooted on this earth, this precious earth. You belong on this earth. Let it hold you. Support you. Ground you, root you. And just as if you were a redwood tree, like the ones outside this hall, the beautiful ones outside this hall. Just as if you were a redwood tree and the moisture in the air and the moisture in the earth nourishes you, supports you, feeds you. Let yourself be nourished, be held by moisture, by the air, by the sense. of goodwill that is in this space of practice. By now thousands of practitioners have come and gone, practiced in this hall, filled the space with aspiration with goodwill with goodness now it is your turn let yourself be held nourished by all the goodwill all the friendliness of generations of practitioners in this hall in this world practitioners in this hall right now all of us coming together with our sincerity with our goodwill holding ourselves and each other as we are being held just as we were each a redwood tree. All the trees are connected through the roots. We know that now. They share nutrients. Their form of care. So if you're a redwood tree, to feel held in this network of humanity. You belong. You belong this earth you belong here even if you can't see it your roots are intertwined with everyone else's being nourished watered through the earth, through the moisture in the air, through the goodwill in the space. All you have to do is just relax and receive. It's already here for you. There's no doing to do. You've already brought yourself here. Hallelujah. You've brought yourself here. you have a seat at the feast of goodwill. Just as a redwood tree allows itself to seep in, allows itself to partake, allows the moisture to be seeped in, be nourished, let yourself breathe in goodwill and breathe out goodwill. Breathing goodwill from the space, from all the beings who have supported you in the past. All your benefactors, your friends, people back home who are holding down the fort, Breathing in goodwill, breathing out goodwill with each breath. Let the in-breath of goodwill nourish your body. Calm, settle, nourish your body. Goodwill, kindness for this body through the breath. And breathing out goodwill, sharing your goodwill with all these redwood trees planted around you in this hall. May I be well, may you be well. Starting simply tonight. May I be well, may you be well. And later, as you take yourself to bed, as you lay down in your bed, feel the sheets touching your skin. Feel the mattress, the pillow. Feel yourself held. Breathing in, goodwill. Breathing out, goodwill. Calming, soothing, tilling the soil, easy, easy metta, nourishing the heart, nourishing the heart, watering the heart with kindness, with goodwill. you're walking, as you get up, continue to breathe in kindness, breathe out kindness for yourself, for others, it's very simple, we'll start with more formal instructions tomorrow, but just, this is enough, this is enough, just enjoy it, Metta is a joyful practice, it's a happy making practice. May I be well, may you be well. Maybe that'll be your lullaby as you, as you, uh, as you mitta yourself to sleep. Okay. All right. Rest well. See you in the morning.